Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Louis McClatt with us here this morning. Louis, you've been with the Haven Arrest for 20 years. You're an evening supervisor. That's correct. And so we're glad to have you with us here this morning. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be with you guys. We were just uh, talking a little bit about um, how many years it's been since you came to the Haven of Rest to start your ministry here. Um, Want to refresh the, our memory and the, tell the listeners about that? Sure. I had first uh, become more familiar with the Haven of Rest. Uh, they were having a type of missions conference or something here. I remember Joey uh, John, Johnson being here. Mm -hmm. Uh, some other ministries. I was representing the Way Out Prison Ministry at the time, and so uh, I began to become more familiar with the Haven Arrest at that time. So the Way Out Ministry, uh, Louis, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because you were dealing with men that uh, either were in prison or coming out of prison. Is that correct? That's correct. And so I had been a chaplain there for about 12 years. I was working with Dennis Canable, who's gone home with the Lord, and uh, he's a great brother to work with, and so uh, he had sent me here to represent the Way Out Prison Ministry at that time. Okay, well, very good. I think one of one of the first times I met you, um, well, of course we had the interview. Mm -hmm. I, I met you there, and you were sharing a little bit about your background, and then we had you do some um, uh, orientation, and so I saw you working in the kitchen. And shining the uh, chrome on our serving units, <laughs> and, you, and you told me, you told me that you'd had previous experience with that, and I thought, oh, he's had a career as you know in food service or something, and then you mentioned to me it was Mrs. McClad that was your previous experience in making you do the, the various chores. Although you didn't say making at the time, I think you just said having you do various chores. <laughs> so. How, yeah. how long have you been married, Louis? Uh, I've, been, I've been married a uh, little over 38 <laughs> years now, and uh, you're correct. I remember that conversation. We, uh, Yeah, I believe happy spouse, happy house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, and by the way, that, that goes both ways. The, the question I just asked you might have been the most important one on the broadcast. <laughs> I mean, you don't get that wrong. So. <laughs> Well, Louis, when you came to the Haven Arrest, or when you were introduced to the Haven Arrest, what what were your impressions as you came in, and you were working with some of the men? Uh, it was really uh, a little bit overwhelming for me. I I wasn't sure that I could do this kind of work in the beginning. I I, I remember praying and saying, "Lord, I, I don't think I can do this," and I was uh, very strongly impressed by the Lord that. I brought you here. And so the, for me, that exploded into many, many um, ideas there of, hey, I will give you what you need. Uh, this is my will for you. Do my will. And so it brought great comfort to me. And, and uh, I was encouraged that, okay, Lord, I'm going to do my best and trust you uh, as we forge forward. Yeah. Kathleen Turner, who directs the Harvest Home, says that God – doesn't call the equipped he equips those that he calls mm -hmm. so yeah. so what what were uh, some of the the maybe the learning curve things that that happened to you here as far as you know you know what i mean when i say learning curve like uh what, what were some of those things that you had to learn that you felt like okay you know i got skills that i'm bringing into this job but maybe there's some things that um 
I didn't know about this that I have to, you know, I have to apply some skills here and there and, and maybe learn some stuff. Sure. Um, I think uh, just learning to uh, treat the men as individuals, uh, I don't think one size fits all. I tell my coworkers that, that we have to look at each individual man. They're coming in with individual needs, individual problems or issues, and so uh, it's a challenge to just kind of begin to know them and uh, just try to, to bring a comfort to them that, hey, uh, you know, we can do this together. We can get through this storm together, and I want to point you to the one who will get you through the storm, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you know, 20 years ago, Louie, I remember you coming in. We actually worked together as an evening supervisor. Kurt, you were actually the director of the men's division. Uh, mm -hmm. Scott Campbell was here. Yes, sir. Uh, Dave Walker was here. Sure. And, and all of us were working in the evening shift from uh, somewhere between 3.30 and 11.30. And it's really a very powerful ministry at mm -hmm. that time. Yes, sir. Uh, because a lot of the men— are either coming off of work or there's other problems that could be going on with the men as well. So that was a, a really powerful and still is a very powerful time of ministry, that 3.30 to 11.30. Oh, absolutely. It has a lot of challenges. It seems like uh, the guys uh, find a way to unwind or, you know, their coping mechanisms. And so they're coming in under the influence or or perhaps uh, it's almost like a crisis center, <laughs> and they're coming in. You know, I need help. I need help, and and uh, we're trying to calm the heart down and and try to bring them in and and reassure them that that that's why the Lord put us here to to help you through this time and to help you transition back into a safe uh, environment and and uh, you know even with a clear vision and and. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. You're a you're a people person. Mm -hmm. um, I think the listeners, as they hear you talk, you seem relaxed and laid back, and that's how I always experience you. Um, is that how it is for you on you know during your your work time? Like yeah. people person, laid back. Yeah, I, I would say so, Kurt. I I believe in what I would call um, relational evangelism. I love getting to know people, so I try to spend a lot of time with the guys. I get so comfortable with the men and, and vice versa. And so I, I get to know them. I get to, they start talking about their family. They talk about their children. Uh, they talk about even their issues with me. And then I find myself so close that I could touch some of those wounds in their lives. And I begin to address those uh, you know, I remember talking to one man where, uh, you know, he had uh, come off of crack, and now, you know, he's still dating a gal that is using. And I told him, I said, this is just a setup for you to fall back into. I said, bad company corrupts good morals, and you're going to fall right back into the old habit. You know, you're not strong enough yet. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, uh, you know, an exhortation there to help him see you know, you've got to not only change environment, but also sometimes, uh, you know, the company that we keep. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, Kurt, Louis, yeah, you have a good. Uh, you're approachable. Uh, I think a lot of our guys like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you've built some relationships with a lot of our guests that come in over, actually, over not just one year, but many years. 
And how has that changed you in regards to seeing them, maybe not knowing them, but now you have a relationship with them? How has that changed you a little bit? Uh, I'll tell you honestly, it's still, uh, I feel, though, uh, very limited as far as how can I, how can I help these men? Um, I, I want to continue to. Uh, it caused me to to trust the Lord more and and just look to Him more because I want to be effective in my ministry, and so I know that that causes me to even uh, trust Him more with these lives because I do want to make a difference, and so um, I, I'm not sure if I answered the question mm -hmm. good for you or not. Um, yeah, I think, you know, as, as Kurt and Louie, as we get to know these guys, uh, you know, when we first sometimes see the condition, you know, sometimes you can be, boy, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Maybe there's some distance there. And then over years, as you find out, like you said, as you start seeing the wounds and, and some of the addictions, now it's not so much when you see them, there, there's this hesitation, but now you can actually come up to them, even sometimes give, well, you can give them a hug. Uh, you can give them a good handshake and just give them that great encouragement that they need. Right. Uh, I just had that experience, uh, Jeff, yesterday in the chapel service, and a man came to me and he said, Louie, you've been here for a long time. You know me, Louie. You know how I am. And uh, we were talking about uh, suffering and, and uh, you know, the mistakes he said he made, the mistakes with his children. And I was encouraging him again, look, you know what, it's never too late. It's never too late to get back together with your children to, um, as uh, God says, to restore the years that the canker worm and the locusts mm -hmm. have eaten up. And so there's always hope, and that hope again is in Christ, that he can restore. He can restore relationships. He can restore us. And uh, so, you know, I had that experience yesterday. Mm -hmm. I also know... Um that you teach a, a class for the men on the resident program. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, it's called uh, Authentic Manhood. It's a class that uh, I was approached about five, six years ago. Uh, Louis, would you like to do and uh, try some teaching? And I had a shorter series called 33. It was a condensed version of this uh, class and six lessons, 20 minutes a lesson. We would show a video, then we would have some dialogue. Well, it went over so well with the men that they asked me to do this expanded uh, version by Robert Lewis and, um, you know, Authentic Manhood. So we talk about the wounds of a man. Uh, it, it helps them to understand who they are. Why do I respond the way I do? Why am I still angry? Uh, and we begin to address some of those wounds. Uh, probably the greatest wound is the depravity wound, mm -hmm. the heart wound, and uh, and it's a it's a spiritual problem, and it, and it demands a spiritual solution. And so that's when I I get to spend about three weeks with them talking about. Um, the Lord talking about you know our condition, our heart condition, and so it's been great. And then we talk about relationships, father and son, a husband and wife. You know, uh, some of them I find right now in the class there's hardly any men married, so I feel it's like a, a, a pre-counseling time where I can mm -hmm. prepare them for uh, marriage. 
and uh, for uh, having children in that. So it's a great opportunity. I know I, I see so many men today that are in a confused state, and uh, yet they want to call themselves men, yet they don't understand the responsibility, the roles of men today, how biblically God has you know, given us these roles and these responsibilities and, and how to carry those out. And so I, I try to help men to see that and, and, and gain a biblical worldview. Well, you know, as you talk about that, I also think of a couple of different things. But a lot of the men that you're working with, uh, there's a lot of times there's things that are, have gone on with their parents. Uh, and one of the things is maybe there wasn't a, a, a good, strong father figure in their lives, and that causes some of that confusion. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. You're right. Uh, I myself was, uh, you know, uh, experienced that. My dad left me at 12 years old. Uh, I didn't know if he was dead or alive for about eight, nine years. Uh, he never even said goodbye. And uh, that was one of the first things that God began to, to speak to my heart about. I was so angry, not really understanding. I wasn't a Christian at the time, so not understanding the effect that was having on me. And uh, it actually, there's there's four uh, wounds that happen, or four evidences, rather, of uh, a man who doesn't have his father in his life. And uh, I call it the absent father wound. Today, uh, Kurt and Jeff, there's actually, since 2012, 40% of dads are gone from the home. Mm. 40%. Since when? Since 2012. Wow. So I need to update that stat. But that's still very high. But it's very high. And so we can see a little bit of why our country is headed in the direction it's heading. Without dad, you know, dad is destiny. Uh, and so um, we see um, the um, anger that's displayed, uh, you know, and if they can't express their anger in that, then they're going to try to find a coping mechanism, which causes them to go to um, uh, uh, addiction mm -hmm. or abusive behavior or obsessive, excuse me, behavior. Uh, the third thing they uh, see in their lives is uh, a, a lostness, a sense of lostness, a sense of incompleteness. And so they're trying to guess at life a lot. They're trying to figure it out. There's no real weight in their souls, which dad, again, puts in a, a young man's life. You mentioned about teaching. Had you ever taught before, uh, before you were approached no. about this? No, not really. So I was kind of surprised myself. And yes. Well, you know, Louie, as we get close to wrapping up part one here, because uh, we're going to go two parts on this, uh, okay. we're going to continue in this conversation uh, with you being here 20 years. Because, Kurt, there's really a lot more things we want to talk about mm -hmm. here. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for agreeing to come down and be interviewed, and uh, appreciate that. And uh, God bless you uh, as you continue on, like Reverend Kaiser said, in the front lines. Yeah, thank, thank you, Kurt and Jeff. It's been good being with you. Thank you.